I'm not nervous up here. This is I'm an introvert, so it's really strange because I get more nervous being down there around people often. I mean, I've taught myself over time and through therapy and through AA and through different things like that on how to deal with people and not that. I, mean, I still like usually have to take a nap after I've interacted with a lot of people. I don't. I, I get nervous sometimes. Um, I'm nervous because my theology is changing so much. Yeah, and so you know, you get up here and you go, "Oh, I got to show up Sunday again with something that uh, that I just don't want to just find an old sermon book and be like, oh. <laughs> you know, because that's tempting. I'm like, I'm just, just going to pick up one of my old sermon books and preach an old sermon. Um, but my theology is changing so much. I'm trying to figure out where things belong and where they go, and and uh, that's a tough scary thing to do every Sunday. Sunday starts coming, I'm like, oh, oh. Especially when I have the long weeks with the kids, you know, it's like... <laughs> crunch time. Yeah, crunch time. You know, what are you going to do? You know, so... And when you're depressed, sometimes you just want to lay in bed. That's another reason why I'm trying to get a part-time job, is just so I can get out and live a little bit more and, and occupy the space in my brain. Because if I'm not going to sit and read all day, like I should, I'm trying to, I'm going to do something to kind of settle and meet more people. I've had decaf coffee, but I think they may have been calf. Decaf half Yeah, half calf. Uh, Jay, I would say, I mean, I've been with you for a long time now. Yes. I wouldn't say your theology is different. I would say it's deepening. Yeah. You know, when you really get close to somebody, it's like I've, I've been doing 10 steps with one of my sponsees. Second time we did it, you said, you're not as together as people think you are. <laughs> you know, because the more honest we get about what's going on, uh, another sponsee who's late all the time, well, I used to be late all the time until a therapist told me, Bob, you know that's passive-aggressive behavior. Oh, no, things, things happen. No, Bob. Hundreds of people can be on time. You are setting up being late. So own it. You're doing this yourself. Yeah. And it comes out of you're very angry. Um, so I think this is just healing another layer from the accretion of thousands of, of sermons that have covered up the sweet prosperity or, you know, get to know Jesus. To get the house, the lake house, the two escalades in the garage, and things are going to be fine. That is false wrapping around the God of our understanding. Who is doesn't make you comfortable necessarily. Yeah. You know, I used to complain about to my sponsor about this is not fair, and a couple times he said, "Yeah, that's right." Until I said, "Wait a minute, you don't even have any empathy. This is not fair," and he said. He said, no, I don't have any empathy. I don't care how you feel. I care what you do. Yeah. So it's what action you're taking. Who you are being is what I care about. And it gave me a whole new spin on this. No, God doesn't make... I find God's will sometimes the most uncomfortable thing possible. And if I have a selection of things to do, God's will is to do this. Oh, no, not really. 
so no, I, I, I and I just it's it's just taking another wrapper of the bullshit that has been surrounded by the church uh, for years. We don't need a big building. We don't need a choir. We don't need a thousand dollar limit. We need more honest information about God. Yeah. That's what you're doing. idea of being an atheist to that God, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm, I'm definitely an atheist to that God. Yeah. I hope for a different God. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like we're on very similar paths trying to figure out where where God and, and church and community fit in and, and how they uh, harmonize, how they, how they sync up, I guess, with each other. Because you can have church and community without God. Yeah. You can. And uh, you can have church and community, I think, waiting for God. I mean, like, well, show me what you are. Yeah. Sort of thing. And being honest about it. I like that idea of being... Because if God is literally love, if God is actually love, then yeah, I believe in God, of course. Like, I experience love. You know? So First John says. Yeah. I like First John an awful lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to it's hard to uh, still use some of those old terms, honestly. Once you're like, you know, I don't believe in that God. Then, well, then what do we redefine the term God, or do we do we make up a new term, or like, you know, it's just coming from that indoctrination. It's, it's, it's tricky to use the same vocabulary, honestly. It's really tricky to use the same vocabulary, and it's really weird to see that, you know, I see a shift in so many people who, even years ago, I remember this couple coming up to me and just, or this guy coming up to me and he's like, yeah, I used to believe what you believe, but I don't believe in that crap anymore. And I'm like, and I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm like, okay, well, where'd you go to church? He went to Mark Driscoll's church. And I went, oh, I said, well, I don't believe in any of that crap either. (laughs) You know? Right. So I said, I don't believe in the God that you believed in. Mm-hmm. So we're both yeah. disbelievers in that God. You know. That's the complicated I mean the it's complicated and it's not easy. That's why the unknowing or God being the unconditional or unknowing mm-hmm. may be the best answer. Yeah. Rather than mm-hmm. even using the term believing. Yeah. Like I the people are like when they're like, I don't believe in the Bible, it's like, well, as a as a historical textbook, me neither. Yeah. Like, are you joking? Like, no, the world wasn't created six thousand years ago. <laughs> like, no, it's it wasn't a magic trick. You know, like no humans weren't made out of dirt. Like we're riding dinosaurs. Yeah, riding dinosaurs. I don't even know where that one came from, honestly. But it's from the, the, the evolution. Oh, no, not the yeah, creation museum. Yeah, yeah. But I, I well, I'm well aware of that. But I mean, I don't know where they where they pulled that one from. Yeah, I don't know either. From the Bible, though, but but do I do I use the Bible? Do I benefit from these stories? Yeah, I do. You know, so it's like, do I believe in it? I don't know. Define belief. Why do we have to ask the hard questions? 
know. Let's just all take a nap. I like certainty. You know, when I was a little bit of a legalistic guy and I had that certainty, there was a certain amount of broad road to that. Because I knew who was in and who was out, and I knew I was in. You know, I had my dad told me he's like, I just read the Bible. I just believe what the Bible says. And I'm like, Dad, I just sat in a theology course at, 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 at a seminary, and we studied s- seven different theologians, and none of them believed the same thing. And if you ask them what they believed, they would say, Well, I believe what the Bible's saying. You know, like it's just we've got lenses on. You know got brainwashed and in certain ways of thinking we've been taught and you know we're having to learn now to let go of that you know but I refuse to, you know, I've had people who I've talked to who are ministers and friends of mine who I've explained where I'm at and they've told me quit quit revolution and do something else It's been Pete who's told me to stay with it. Because it's like, oh, if you're not certain, you're not this, you know, you know, maybe it's just not for you anymore. You know? Maybe you shouldn't be teaching right now. Blah, blah, blah. And, and my friend Pete, who's a philosopher, said, no, you've got to continue to do this. You know? So it's weird. And so I've decided I'm going to move forward. And if I have to get another job to move forward and continue to do this, then that's so be it. You know, do whatever it takes. Yeah, and I don't want to give it up. I I believe there's, you know, maybe revolution will be a collective rather than a church one day. I don't know, but right now I believe in it. Something about it. I have faith in something about it. Yeah. So we move forward, and a lot, and I'm surprised that a lot of you have stayed on this journey with me. To be honest with you. People always go like, what? Did you, the people stay? Do they get mad at you? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, no one's has said anything that they're mad at me. But I'm like, you know, people seem to stay. So it's really funny. And I'm like, it's not like we have 10,000 people, you know. So you definitely notice we're in revolution when we lose somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and again, just as, as the God that we are struggling and getting to know and we know these little pieces your influence, I've had two pastors talk to me to say, you know can I come with you to a revolution sometimes because they really want to hear it and they thought it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon I said no it's at 11 so this guy said well I'm going on my sabbatical so when I'm on sabbatical I'm on because I think he's doing something very important so the reality is that the message you preach, uh, you're like a voice crying in the wilderness. It's the wilderness of so many churches yeah. that are prosperity-oriented, that are uh, enslaving their parishioners. I mean, I, I went to... <laughs> this one mother was very angry, you know, that I had been a minister and I was now gay. She said, how can that be? So one of my sponsors was her son. And she, she was in Arizona. She instructed the dad 
buy three tickets to this church she goes from here, which is one of these tickets. mega churches. Tickets to their passion play. So I go to the passion play, and I'm falling asleep almost. <laughs> and when it gets to Jesus, you know, approaching the cross, it was like, oh my, I'm going to be crucified. <laughs> uh, and no, I think he was screaming, my God, my God, why are you crucified? And I said, this is not the gospel. This is, you know, Jesus is it's just a little bump in the road, and he knows God's going to get him through it. Right. That's good, Bob. It's not it. It's not it. We are not facing bumps in the road. We're facing horrible potholes, and sometimes we don't know if we're going to make it. That's the way real life is. So... I think in September we're going to have a non-recorded talk where I share with you guys my past year. All right. So I'm going to just put that out there and say, you know, invite your friends and why aren't you going to, maybe we'll record it, but I think I'm going to have to wait another year to release it. Yeah. I'll secretly record it on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> as he has. <laughs> Got me in trouble before. <laughs> um, Sorry, dude. That's okay. I love you, buddy. I love you too. I mean, what you are saying week after week after week since I've been coming here is prophetic. You're talking, you're saying the opposite of what society and the church at large is saying which is maintain what is yeah. and you're saying no what is is wrong it's wrong and it's I can't imagine how hard it is to be publicly saying those things because obviously you get some very negative feedback but what can you do but tell the truth you can only tell the truth and I think that your view of God is authentic it's based in truth it's based in reality and that's why we come it's something that I share with the community of people you know it's not me, it's me. If it wasn't for my experience just being awake, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't my experience with a community of people like um, Barry Taylor and conversations even going back to New York with uh, Vince Anderson. And, you know, it's a community. This isn't, you know, this isn't me. This is a community of, of believers that's this is coming from right. of, you know, and writers and things like that so um, I appreciate encouragement but please remember that this isn't me this oh, is no, I, no I know you know yeah. I'm just I just want to put that out there because because um, I'm alone on this journey with you all and I'm sadly releasing a little bit of it I feel like I'm like <laughs> poisoning the well a little bit <laughs> You know, like, oh, I've got all this stuff that I'm learning, and I'm just going to bring it, you know. And um, 
hope people can chew on it. Because <laughs> I'm trying to chew on it. So. The bruised reed who does not break. I mean, I woke up crying this morning. That's how I woke up. That's why I had to get out of the house. I was here so early this morning. And I just like, a lot of pain. I hope that doesn't come out as feel sorry for me. That comes out as, as it is what it is. And it's saying, I'm, we're all living life and life's experience. And I just don't blame just my depression. I blame, you know, I'm mourning a marriage, mourning a family, being God. You know, I'm mourning that. I'm mourning God of my understanding. Yeah. And that's a very big one for me because that's been the one consistent for me through two divorces. You know, and now that's kind of being ripped up from underneath, you know? That God died. So, yeah, we have to mourn together. We have to suffer together. We also celebrate together. There's good times. I mean, it, it wasn't bad, you know. We'll celebrate. We'll do something. We're all barbecue or something. <laughs> so, anybody else got anything? Well, thank you for coming today, and thank you for a wonderful sermon. And I mean that from you guys, not from me. Talk. I'm starting to call them talks now. But thank you. And uh, talk to each other. And I'm going to, as always, visit the latrine first. And then get back out. A post-Christian production. <laughs>